Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm an EMP. You know, an electromagnetic pulse. See, it, it fries all the electronic devices within a given radius when it goes off. Wait, you know about Terminators? I mean, I'm out. Dart time, baby! Yeah! <laughs> awesome! Hey, what's up, guys? It's Britton. Just having a little dart time over here. Set up, uh, got a little dartboard set up in the old, in the old, uh, I almost gave away my last name to make a pun. <laughs> in the old, in the old bunker. <laughs> oh man, just getting through quarantine, right? How you guys holding up out there? Brendan, are you going to make me, you're, now I got to post the video in the description <laughs> the, because I need everyone to experience dart time. I mean, there are, uh, look, now's the time we all need to spread a little cheer. And I think dart time will do That's it. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that can be our, our official uh, reference to uh, the the state of things yes. right now. The only one we put on this podcast. That, 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 is, that is our official word. Other celebrities, other yes. celebrities, because we're celebrities, are reading books to children. Uh-huh. We're mm-hmm. just being mm-hmm. like, <laughs> dart time, baby! <laughs> Bullseye! I'm playing with myself. Darts. So speaking of dark times, we have another Terminator film to talk about. Yeah, yeah we're taking a little uh, taking a little pit stop from the Fast and Furious movies. Um, whose idea was this again? I feel like I'm always just making the wrong decision about about <laughs> what we do, and then complaining about it the whole time. Like, guys, what if we did this really stupid thing? Yep. <laughs> Because if I complain, theoretically, it'll make for better content. <laughs> People love negativity. Bold on theoretically. <laughs> Especially now. Uh, uh, Anyways, Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, uh, that one. Yeah, we're, ta- we're taking a, a little break from Fast and Furious to, to play a little catch-up. Um, so, so Terminator, uh, we did the third one again, uh, directed by Tim Miller from 2019. It has a 70% critic score in Rotten Tomatoes and an 82% audience score. Wow. I okay. believe both of those are much higher than all of the Terminator movies aside from the first two. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Huh. They did it again. <laughs> they just, Who wants they to ju- go first? They ju- I'll, I, can, I can go first. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, yeah, this is a movie that I started off... I think my... I don't know. I mentioned this in our little group chat that, um, excuse me, uh, at this point, like, each sequel is following a a not-so-great movie. Like, if this this movie, in in terms of production, followed T2, yeah, I would be so disappointed, because T2 is amazing. But it doesn't. It follows Genesis, which I think is fine, which followed Salvation, which is... I remember being bored by, which followed the third one, which I don't remember. So it's like, at this point, it's like, eh, you know, I'm not expecting it to be amazing. I would love for it to be, but I wasn't expecting it to be great. Um, but that said, I still got fairly, I checked out pretty quick. Um, but my best thing is going to be, obviously, Mackenzie Davis. If anyone's listened to this podcast, they know that I love Mackenzie Davis. I'm a big fan. And um, as as we've said I think we've mentioned this before. Maybe not. The records are inconclusive. We totally <laughs> called Mackenzie Davis should be in a Terminator movie like three years ago, and then it ended up happening. Yes. So, yeah, I think it's part of a, a one of our famous riffs on like what if 
Lee Pace was like selling Skynet on Halt and Catch Fire or something. Yep. And then, and then it, probably that's that's the one disappointing bit because we were then like, all right, Scoot McNary and Lee Pace are both in this as well. So mm-hmm. in the, the mm-hmm. inevitable reboot, which will happen at some point, obviously, uh, Scoot McNary as the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet he'd be. I bet he could be make that scary too. Um, but yeah, I thought she was. I mean, I love her. I think she's a great actor. And I'm going to say this once, and then I'm not going to say it again, just so I don't bother anybody or be annoying. I think she's very sexy, and her arms look amazing in this movie. <laughs> um, there, I've said it. I'm done. It's out of my system. Why would you say something so How... controversial yet so brave? <laughs> I know. Like, like we we got to have a discussion about this, Britain. Well, you know, like... guys, I, I, I heard the call, and I answered the call. <laughs> uh, but, but the thing I was really surprised by with her in this movie is she's a really good action performer. Um, I th- oh, yeah. It, she seems to be doing a lot of her own stunts, but also, like, her presence in the action sequences is really good. And I liked that she wasn't playing them all as this, like, stone cold, I'm going to kick, I'm, I'm going to punch your butt. You know, it wasn't like this steely, emotionless. Like when people think, "Oh, that's what you have to do to be an action star is you have to be effectless." She looked concerned, and she looked. She was alive, and she, you know, seemed like she had a personality, and there was something internal with that character. And I think that she was. I just watching it, I was like, I would love to see her in like a John in like the next John Wick or something. Or like a Mad Max, yep. I think she would she could really hold her own. I think she's a wonderful performer, but she's also a really good action performer. And I just thought it was really – I realized I haven't seen her in a little while. I just haven't been watching her stuff. And so, like, it was good to see her again, uh, which leads to my worst thing, which is the overall sort of hollowness of the movie. Specifically, the dialogue is very bland. We touched on this in our group chat as well. It's mm-hmm. so much of this movie is just rubber stamp. It's just, I'm not going to die like this. No, this is our life. This is our world. And it's all just so obvious. The EMP discussion. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, I think we'll, that, I feel like this is going to constitute the majority of our discussion. Right, right. And so this is our, this is a little, a little teaser of that. I just felt like the dialogue is very bland and flat and i think that yeah. davis probably handled it best because she's has she's a, a, a very rich actor and that there's clearly something internal happening with her and she suggests like an, an inner life with her character which is a key thing in acting um but at the same time it couldn't really change the fact that the words she were saying was were what the words she was saying were very sort of eh, i get it i've i've heard this yeah so that's me and that's been Britain signing off. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and go next. I, I think I was the most negative on the movie overall. Yes, Probably. maybe. Spe- um, speak- speaking of tradition. Speaking of tradition. <laughs> um, my best thing's going to be kind of... I really... I, I thought two things in the movie were actual positives. Like, I actually enjoyed two things. There were some other stuff that was okay, but... I'll just go with two things, and that's Mackenzie Davis and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought they were the only two performances that I really had any sort of emotional investment in. Uh, Linda Hamilton we can get into. I thought half the time she didn't know what movie she was in, but we'll table that. Um, Arnold's a lot of fun, much like he is in Terminator Genesis, and he's 
not necessarily doing the same thing, but they're very much playing him up for comedy, which I appreciated. Um, yeah, and effectively, and I think. Especially in a movie that is this earnest, it's yeah. nice that we have some levity when he, he finally shows up in the movie. Um, I almost think he shows up too late in the movie. Um, yeah, because it's been very bland up to that point. But anyways, um, yeah, basically everything Britton said about Mackenzie Davis, I also agree with. Um, yeah, I... I I thought she was really, really compelling as as an action heroine, and I, I just want to see her in, in other stuff like this. Or, not necessarily like this, <laughs> but other action stuff. Um, my worst thing is just going to be they made all of the same mistakes that all of the previous sequels to Terminator 2 made. They all just the made all of them again. Oh, hey, we're going to have weird retcons that, that completely contradict the first two movies. Oh, hey, we're going to have weird, inappropriate jokes and dialogue. Oh, hey, we're going to have action scenes that have no weight and don't have a whole lot of tension to them. Like, it's it's just the same thing over and over again. And this is the third attempt at starting a trilogy. We have a trilogy of trilogy starters that have failed. <laughs> Terminator Salvation was meant to start a trilogy. It financially didn't perform. Scrap it. We're moving on. Terminator Genesis didn't perform financially. Scrap it. We're moving on to the next one. Terminator Dark Fate. It didn't do well financially. Scrap it. Oh, wait. We're out of dominoes. <laughs> like, I don't know, you man. Money. Um, this movie, when I was watching it the first time, and I kind of felt the same way on a rewatch, it felt like, okay, we're just going to do Terminator Genesis again, but we're going to have the earnestness and just, like, the uber seriousness and grit to the action scenes that Terminator Salvation had. It felt like we're just combining all the elements of the past movies instead of trying to correct the mistakes made in those movies and actually progress the series forward and actually give yeah. us something that can actually form a long-lasting it's, franchise. It's the franchise equivalent of, like, walking up to, like, the diving board <laughs> and being like, all right, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump, guys. I'm going to jump. It's like the, it's the tall one. Yeah. Like, you know, 10 feet up or whatever yeah. you're gonna die from it's like oh, oh, oh actually wait wait i i gotta i gotta prepare I, I messed that one up let me try again and then like not not actually diving like just just continuing to sort of like bounce on the edge yeah. and have everyone stare at you until they yell at you to get out of the pool mm-hmm. um it's that it's yeah it's insane and kind of hilarious <laughs> and i don't know how we got here yeah, I, i'm just I'm so sick and tired of, of the same plot of we have an enemy Terminator sent back from the future to kill someone, and then we have a good guy, whether or not they're robotic, coming back to try and save this person. Like, that's been every single one of them except for, like, Salvation. And yeah, the best scene, I think, in this movie is when Mackenzie Davis is in the future. <laughs> like, I thought that was just mm-hmm. the coolest stuff in the movie. Make a movie, a Terminator movie, set in the future. Remove it from Salvation if you want to. Do that or yeah. just stop with the franchise. Just stop. It's dead. Yeah. Yeah. They attempted to force awaken this with a soft reboot and it just did not work. No. A lot of those uh, future Terminators were like Dr. Octopuses. That was kind of cool. <laughs> I appreciated how visceral the violence was. Sure. So I want to, yeah. Let me, because I think I think I can I can summarize probably our thoughts in a way that will allow us to move yeah. move on here. Um, I think my best thing uh, is going to take a different sort of an interesting track here. Um, is Doctor Octopus my... and Spider Man Two now? 
Yes. Uh, Alfred Molina. Um, no, I... So, uh, not knowing exactly, like, the behind the scenes, I don't care enough to look at the behind the scenes of this or, or what was going on. I can, I can um, speak briefly to that, but go on. Well, maybe you'll have more insight. Um, but just based on the information I have, based on the creative uh, consultants, I guess, that were associated with this movie, yeah. or creative talent that was associated with this movie, I'm going to say my best thing is Tim Miller and my worst thing is David Goyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's I was very going fair. Through this movie, I was going through this movie like thinking, you know, this it really does look pretty good. Like there's yeah. it, there's some cool stuff. There's some creative action sequences. Like there's some neat things. Uh, the first time I remember seeing this in theaters, I was I was pretty confused by what the what Gabriel Luna's Terminator was supposed to be doing. Um, and and watching it this time, it was a lot more clear to me in terms of like, okay, so he's got the fleshy stuff, and then he's got the big hard, uh, the actual hard Terminator body, yeah. and that's that's what he's doing there. Um, and I and I think I appreciated more what they did with that in terms of action scenes and stuff like that. Um, and I think overall it looks pretty good. I, I think it's it's a, a very competent looking movie. Um, it it borders, I think, every now and then on uh, sort of an effect not dissimilar to like your your Michael Bay's or even like your uh, your your Bourne movies, where it's a little bit like every shot is trying to be the coolest shot you've ever mm-hmm. seen, um, uh, yeah. and it, and it kind of goes overboard a little bit there. But it is, I, I think, a, a well designed movie from a visual standpoint i think it looks pretty good i think there's good action i actually decently enjoyed the last like 10 or 15 minutes where they're they're finally taking down the the evil terminator um but i was watching this movie and like as you mentioned britain as i was going through i was kind of like and there's just a lot of like stilted dialogue and like there's a lot of very basic sort of almost cliche lines um, they try to like Mackenzie Davis in the beginning. She says, "Come with me, or you're dead." In the next thirty know, seconds, instead like, of "Come right with me, there. and you want to live," and it's like it, it, it's it's like it would be dumb if she said the thing, but it's dumber now that you've made her like not say the thing, but kind of say the well, thing. Well, then they uh-huh. contradict themselves because later she says, "No yes. fate, but what you make for for yourself." <laughs> and then I, I can talk about that for an hour because I absolutely hated that moment and everything yeah, yeah. it represents. But they contradict themselves in terms of their intent. Yeah, and then also with um, when when Linda Hamilton first shows up, her only I think line of the movie that I really enjoy, she shows up and she says, "I'll be back," yeah, and and chucks the C four over the, the railing or whatever, and it's kind of the, it's in the trailer, it's the big like, "Oh, she's back" moment. She cocks the shotgun again, a really like nicely crafted yeah. sequence, little little like scene there, and that she looks then, like the Terminator, yeah, 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 and then she 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 delivers it this really casual sort of like, "Oh, I'm super cool" line. Yeah. And then later Arnold says, "I won't be back," and oh, it's like, God. "What are you? You're, you can't make, you can't reference these lines twice." One, that one is just so forced and weird. Don't they do that in Rise of the Machines? Yes, they do. They 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 use the "I'll be back" line twice because Arnold says she'll be back, like when he knocks the the Terminatrix oh, yeah. out uh-huh. the elevator, and then at the end when he shows up to save the day, he goes, "I'm back." It's it's the They're curse making of like, the same mistakes. Yes, it's the curse. You're of, not making of all new mistakes. Up. You're making the same <laughs> ones. Yeah. yeah, it's the curse of following up like the same or like like a a couple of really good movies, and then like you feel like the only thing you can do is repeat the things that were done there, yeah. and like the scripts in those movies are really good. So you think that the lines are what made it right. good? It's like no, no, no. The script, the script was good. That was why people liked it. Um, but anyway, as as I'm continuing to watch this, I'm just getting more and more sort of like 
like there there's one line Mackenzie Davis has where she says uh she's getting like inspected by the oh gosh yeah the the, the, the ice uh, yeah, yeah. people that not ice i don't know no those actually ice. Mention, it's ice. credited that way yeah. um uh, but then uh she says like I, I, did i say you could look at my private parts and like it's supposed to be like a quippy like cool mm-hmm. joke like i don't know like a spider-man type thing and it's it's not well, and it's it's such a clunky and, sentence. Like, private parts that's supposed to be like a robot thing. Like, if yeah. she had just said like, yeah, it's if she had not that you, you needed that anyway, but if she had said like, did you look up my skirt? She wasn't wearing a skirt, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, did you look up sure, my skirt sure. and then you smash know, a guy's head in. At least it's quick. But this is like, did I say you and, could look at my? Pr- it's too long. Like, and every line is like that. Like where I mentioned that the the, the visuals sometimes look like okay, you're you're going a little overboard. You're trying to make every scene like powerful when it doesn't need to be and that's that's just kind of exhausting for the viewer um the dialogue is that times 100 because every line is supposed to be like a trailer line right um that's how it feels and it was it was around that's I think, all that, that david goyer knows how to write exactly it was around then that i was like who wrote this and then i looked it up and i was like oh no <laughs> um and i want to before we we really dive into it i want to take a quick glance at why i'm like divvying up the the credit in this way um because Tim Miller has a really interesting background. Um, obviously, he did Deadpool. A lot of people like, like Deadpool. Did he do the second one as well? Cool movie. No. He, no. No, okay. he was not involved in the second one, which is a plus in my book. Um, Disagree? He was the Deadpool 2? He should have directed it. Oh, oh, sure. But I'm saying, like, the fact that he was not involved in that project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That result. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're um, doing. He was involved in sequencing, like, sequencing... Um, are doing particular sequences for Scott Pilgrim, oh, yeah. um, the girl with the dragon tattoo, and the opening of Thor: The Dark World, which I think is where he's fighting the rock dudes. If I could be wrong. Is it that, or is it that that past battle between like Thor's grandfather and oh, the, maybe it is, maybe it Malekith. is, uh, like the big sort of Lord of the Rings thing. The um, part he was involved we were both in some... like, oh my god, maybe I don't hate Thor: The Dark World as much <laughs> as I do. Yeah, um, the he did a couple of video games. Uh, he, he was the visual effects supervisor for Mass Effect Two. <gasps> And for um, the, I think it's the online Star Wars: The Old Republic game from 2011. He, he in particular um, has done a lot of those cinematic trailers that they do for video games. Yeah, oh, like I think wow. he did. He also did that for like Batman: Arkham Origins. Like he does a lot of oh, like okay. if you if you see like like a 3D animated trailer for a game and you're like, wow, this looks like it could be a movie. It's he's probably mm-hmm. had his hand in it. Interesting. I love. He was also too. apparently um, the creator of Love, Death, and Robots, which I have not watched. I've heard kind of mixed things, but I've heard it's a cool concept. Um, he only directed like one episode of that, but he was the, and he was also the executive producer on Sonic the Hedgehog, <gasps> or an executive producer. So like he's got a really interesting like background, and clearly gets his likes to like I it it feels like he's in this because he likes doing things right right like he he enjoys making things look cool yeah. Um, and and, I, and I've, not... I've heard some interviews with him, and he seemed like he actually, like, he was enjoying making this. Yeah. Um, sure. And, like, he actually wanted to make a good Terminator movie. So, I, I, yeah, I, I based on the, the limited knowledge that I have, I, I don't really blame him for a lot of this. Sure. Meanwhile, um, David Goyer pops up he he's he had a hand in the blade movies um, yeah so sure no he he um, wrote the first two and then wrote or he directed wrote, okay. the third one 
Did he direct the third Yes, and it's a disaster. (laughs) Although that's partially because Wesley Snipes was a diva, but that's a whole other story. Sure, sure. Um, We'll get there. (laughs) Yes. He also wrote The Crow. Um, Did he do the first one or the second one? Is the second one City of Angels? I'm just okay. The first one's just called The Crow. All of the ones past the first are straight to video. Okay, the first one's pretty good. Yeah, I. He also wrote uh, Pet Cemetery Two, going back to 1992. That's uncredited. I don't know what exactly. Yeah, and he made like was. demon, demonic, demonic toys, um, doll man and stuff like yes, that. Yes, also uncredited on Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> um, but then, oh boy, oh then boy. he is he is the writer on Batman Begins. Yeah, um, quote unquote. Uh, which I'm sure had nothing to do with Christopher Nolan no. also being there. Um, after which he wrote Jumper, mm-hmm. um, wrote Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, <laughs> wrote Man of Steel, wrote Batman vs. Superman Dawn okay. of Justice, and wrote Terminator Dark Fate. However, I, I want to throw however, up a couple of defenses for him. No, 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 no. This, is, this is my one defense that I'm going to throw out here. He was credited as story involved <laughs> on The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay. And that's did, that's didn't he like, also work on the Arkham video games? No, he did he, he wrote the first two Call of Duty Black Ops games, okay. if you can believe that. <laughs> Maybe and, it's like And weirdly, those actually have pretty good single player stories, so take that as you will. Maybe it was um, like Paul Paul go. Dini or Bruce Tim or it's like some some like Paul Dini. Paul Dini. He's great. Yeah, Paul Dini's um, awesome. Yeah. In, but yeah, in like basically defense, I gotta throw these out here. Okay. I believe he had like the first, like the early, early draft for Spirit of Vengeance. I don't think he hit what he did okay. even remotely okay. resembles what ended up coming out. So sure, sure, we'll never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Release the Goyer cut, and also uh, Chris Terrio took that last uh, rewrite or two on on BVS. So, <laughs> which who knows at this point? Like, where, I mean, I saw Rise of Skywalker. I think I know at this point. That's... <laughs> But I'm saying I think that's David Goyer, Zack Snyder, and Chris Terrio standing in a room pointing fingers at each other at that point. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to parse that. No, no, no. Um, I was really no, hoping, no. Alex, that your defense of him would be. But in his defense, he wrote Jumper. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, no, no. In, in the room, Terrio and Goyer are pointing fingers at each, each other while Snyder is like reading silently, and he goes, "Guys!" and he slams his hands on the table. This is brilliant. I can shoot this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I love it. Second, <laughs> yeah. second this, um, this is my movie. This tension. And then second, but he turns to Goyer. You're fired. And then he moves on yeah. with no explanation. <laughs> this is a man who has gotten all sorts of work off of basically nothing except he was attached to the Dark Knight trilogy and got to be there while christopher nolan did good things i'm i'm sure maybe he's a good ideas man he he's behind or involved in like constantine and yeah krypton a couple of, a couple of pretty name? legitimate yeah. tv shows yeah which i've heard decent things about so maybe he's better as like kind of an oversight guy but like uh, clearly this is not necessarily a gifted screenwriter at least um, in terms of dialogue and- I, yes. I mean i i i am like 99 percent certain that he, that he's the one that wrote no I came back to stop you. I'm like yeah, 99% that, that, that sure surprise. that's him. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, so basically that's what we're dealing with here. Um, and I think that's where most of our, our problems and conflicts stem from. Well, so it's weird episode. because apparently I, 
I went back and, and listened to some of the early conversations with James Cameron and Tim Miller as they were developing it. And they talked about, mm-hmm. oh, we got like a writer's room together of several different people to, to like plan out a trilogy. And I'm like, no, guys, guys, stop, 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 stop. stop. That's not no, – no. Anytime you hear <laughs> writer's room like that yeah. w- where they've got multiple screenwriters together and they're like openly bragging about that and they're like, we're planning a trilogy, you, you know the movie's going to be bad. <laughs> Yeah. They said the exact the, same thing about the Transformers movies with the fifth one. Sure. And and it's that's entirely like a TV show thing, or the reason that works for TV shows is because, A, you know you're going to get another episode next week, yeah. so you don't have to worry. Like, if you're, if you're setting up a bunch of plot lines, that's a plus, not a minus. Yeah, exactly. And, B, you, you, the writer's room has time to develop, and, like, they can learn to, like, work together, and, like, that's why... Uh, a lot of shows start off not knowing exactly where they're going and then they kind of really hit their stride in like season two or so is when you know they're ever everyone's kind of gelled and they really work together well and have that chemistry and so it's like yeah i don't it's i don't don't know what they were thinking or why they thought this would work it's better it's more entertaining i will say the the overall approach this franchise it's more entertaining than the alien franchise so it's got that going for it at least interesting like interesting segue there um so james cameron is on (laughs) record as saying he was disappointed with alien 3 particularly because very early on basically in the opening credits they kill off newton hicks these two characters from the previous movies that the plots are centered the plot of aliens is very much centered around um and and like the the audience clearly cared for they get killed off in the opening minutes of the movie, and people were disappointed by that, and James Cameron was disappointed by that. Cut to Terminator Dark Fate, where they kill off little boy John Connor in the opening minutes of the mm-hmm. movie. Violently. Violently. Yeah. I don't understand that. And I'm not... I'm. We've talked about Edward Furlong's performance. I don't think any of us were particularly like emotionally connected to him, more so than his relationship to Arnold in T2. I think that mm-hmm. was where it all was. Um, so I'm not necessarily like, oh, you've ruined the canon or whatever by doing that. It's just very weird given James Cameron's stance on that sort of thing being done. And then it just feels like yep. a cheap, cheap plot element to get this going yeah and the other thing there which i guess just to dive right into kind of the heart of what the movie is about uh there's the whole bit where and i i will say this before we go too much farther um the it does the movie does have three female protagonists uh largely as the core cast and there's not really like a lot of trying to I don't know politicize that that's gross I don't I don't like saying that that's a bad thing necessarily but like the movie doesn't doesn't really expect you to like give it credit for that I guess is a good way to put yeah, it yeah well, and, and they don't um, have any like lines that make it look like they don't have any lines like women can make a difference I don't the one yeah. time where I thought it was verging on that was when I think just the general assumption that Danny is going to be this this timeline's version of Sarah Connor and Sarah and, and Sarah going, "Oh, you're me. Your your womb is important. Your son is going to grow up to save the the world." And I'm and I I'm just sitting here going, "Was anybody making that assumption? I thought she was yeah. going to be the John Connor of this timeline, or maybe the Sarah Connor. And, Why did I don't know that that was the one time and where that's I thought exactly she was starting to make a big deal about it and. I felt like that was another cheap plot 
element to set up and pay off a twist reveal that did not matter. That's exactly what I was going to get at, um, is that that whole thing should have just been we established at the beginning of the movie in the flashback sequences or the flash forward sequences, whatever you want to call it, uh, where, where uh, Mackenzie Davis is getting, is about to get like mugged that, that should just be, we should just establish like, Hey, let's spend 10 minutes in the future and just like get to know Danny, get to know Mackenzie Davis, get to know Mackenzie Davis getting sent back. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. Um, and then isn't that the beginning of Terminator 2? Am I making that up? Isn't that very similar? I mean, Terminator 2 opens up the with other? the future war. It doesn't really start with... Um... What am I... There, I feel like one of these I'm thinking of. What's the one where they, we, like, establish... Or is that... Maybe that's the first one. I mean, I the first know. one does show flashbacks, flash-forwards. I don't know how, how this works. Um, later mm-hmm. on uh, with Kyle Reese. But that's after he shows okay. up. Okay. Because I was going to say, I feel like we should just know immediately, oh, hey, here's this, this, this awesome... Uh, hero lady who's who's taken on the robots and she sent a mckenzie davis back to stop them from killing herself in the past or whatever like if we get to know her then and then this movie the movie becomes about like oh she has to grow into that role and like maybe mckenzie davis doesn't see her and doesn't think that she's she's good enough and linda hamilton doesn't believe mckenzie davis something like that makes for a more interesting like setup of tension and relationships in the movie in terms of like trying to make her grow into this into this role instead of it being like a twist that is very obvious and also having her become good at shooting things in a single scene it's not even a montage yeah it's just natural talent one dude. scene the- and she can uh blow up uh, all the things real easy that was the one part one of the few parts that i actually found like kind of funny i i, I just like the way that the linda Ham- hamilton kind of sold that sure well i, I, sure. I like their reactions to it but i had this it, it gave me um it reminded me of uh, season two of Walking Dead when Shane is teaching everybody to shoot and Andrea takes to it very quickly. But even that isn't – one, she's using a handgun. She's not using like a bazooka or whatever, like heavy artillery. Yes. But also I think Andrea still doesn't get to be like a great dead eye shot until like a few episodes later when she's like under pressure. So even that had more growth. Than, than, than this did because it was a very immediate like thing and I, I think you're right Tyler I think that would have worked because one of my issues with it was this the, uh, the, the script is lame but a lot of the performers are good but I really don't know Alex do you have the cast list in front of you? yeah sure can you tell me the woman's name who played Danny? pulling it up right now Natalia Reyes Natalia Reyes, okay. Because I felt like she was the least effective, but she also wasn't given very much to do. I found even her though she's... very, very boring. Yeah, and I think it's because the script, when I, by the time she should be getting those opportunities, that's when Linda Hamilton shows up. And so now we got to spend time with Linda Hamilton, which I'm happy to do. Yeah. But I, I think that because she was so shafted, even more so than the others, it felt very like... I don't know. It was almost like I don't need her to be in this movie, even though I'm glad that we have all these female characters and I'm glad that we have all these Latinx characters and the movie's not like sensationalizing things and, cele- and, and celebrating it. There is That is one thing is that I did notice. Um, I enjoyed the fact that she gets to... I feel like she's in like performing better when she's speaking in Spanish. Yeah. Um, I feel like the movie... Or like... 
I don't know. It, it just felt like she had more more energy to it. Um, probably because it doesn't sound. Probably because David Goyer couldn't write in Spanish, and so they had to like actually let her. I don't know, ad lib or whatever. And there's a moment at the end where she's during the big kind of final confrontation where she she yells in Spanish that I think is actually an effective like line delivery. I, agree. I was like, okay, that was there's some more like emotion and energy there because like she gets to probably say something that sounds natural and is not like yeah and is i'm coming back language. to stop the future from being the past or something like that i don't know yeah well and she's likely speaking in her her native language her yeah. first no, language. that's what i mean yeah. the, the term like, it's more the terminator goes so what you came back to die with your future <laughs> no i came back to stop you yeah yeah they literally just um, just do the exact same line why not they're already repeating so many uh, other things yeah, um, but that and that's my other point is that in the beginning of the movie she's like okay we're, we're she's hanging out with her brother, talking to her dad. She's making dinner for dad. They're subtly for dad. they're Seems subtly kind of... showing us that she has leadership capabilities because she's basically taking care of her family. Yeah. Yes. But then hey, who the, who run the, the world? Immediately guys? starts. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. Alex, who run the world? Ooh, every second that passes is getting worse. Well, considering we're so all then, under quarantine right now, I don't really know what answer to give you. <laughs> Girls, go on. <laughs> the plot immediately starts uh, when, like, she Mackenzie Davis gets to the warehouse, and then it's just like, oh, actually, we're doing action now. And it's like, it's a fine action yeah. scene. It's, I think it's probably the most energy of the entire movie, mm-hmm. except maybe the end. Um, but then, like, we never slow down. We never get a chance to just spend time with this character and be like, okay, why Why do we care about her? Is, you know, what, yeah. like, she's basically just listening to... It's. I think it's It's partially the fact that we're getting introduced to both her and Mackenzie Davis. Yeah. And Mackenzie Davis has a lot more exposition to give, so she gets to work in more of her actual, like... Uh, performance. You know, sort of background and, yeah, performance and, like, emotion. Um, also, it's, it's just... Danny just gets over the death deaths of her family like really really quick yes fog of war dude because she's she, she has these like she really, talks to her like, uncle like she interacts with other family members that's like yeah very strange um she it, no it's even weirder because she tells him what happened to them off screen yeah <laughs> there's no, a line where she yeah, says yeah. the robot killed my my uh, my dad and brother and it's like what are you uh, how did he what is he already over this you're already over this, but is he already over this? Yeah, I don't know. And also, um, I, I found it very cringe-inducing when she was like trying to give like pep talks or try and be the leader. Yeah, I, which, I thought which that I, was I, not great. Which I think there's a way for that to be awkward in a in a way that is character building, where she's like, yeah. "No, I'm trying to grow into this role, and I because I know I'm supposed to be a leader, but how do I get to do that?" But the movie wasn't. Like, it makes sense for her to be awkward at it, but it wasn't her being awkward. It was the movie being awkward at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Well, especially when you get to that future scene where she rescues young Grace, and she's just yeah. like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, guys, we shouldn't be fighting each other. We should be fighting the machines. <laughs> yeah, and then the guy looks at his knife, and he's like, what? Is, is and like, my that... knife a machine? <laughs> and and that's it. That's... Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Then, then, then they walk out to the other place, and there's a lot of people hiding under rubble. How, I really yeah. enjoyed in the flashback or flash forward, hmm, where um, young Grace, t- to make sure we knew that was her, they gave her that, like, heavy forelock of her hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, see? <laughs> see, it's still totally Grace. She has her iconic hair that we've all – guys, you guys remember when all the, everyone got, got the Grace haircut last year? Oh, man. 
Yes, and fellas. Anyway. Another bad callback that I'm just going to throw out here because I wanted to bring it up. Um, Santa buddies. Arnold. uh, Santa buddies. Arnold brings up uh, or walks up uh, when he's going to like be a Terminator again. He 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 looks at his sunglasses. God. He looks at them, and then he puts them back down. And they're playing the music like here it is, here it is. And I, what's the point of that? They play the do 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 do, and it's like what. Why? But like that's not a. We weren't waiting for that necessarily. No, Tyler, we were like, waiting not, for that. I, w- I was waiting you, the whole time for that. Are you telling us that he's going to do that in a later movie? What is the character purpose of him not putting exactly? It's it, you recognize is, Terminator with sunglasses, but he doesn't put them on. Subverting if you're expectations, do that, Tyler. Ryan Johnson came in for a day. Just <laughs> one. That's and but I, I think that's the problem is that it doesn't. Because it doesn't serve a character purpose, it looks like the movie's going, we're not going to do that old stuff. And then it it's, proceeds yeah. to do all of the old stuff. It's, you know, but honestly, it's like in Jurassic World when he smashes through the Spinosaurus, the T-Rex smashes through the Spinosaurus um, skeleton. Yeah. That's a way of being like, oh, yeah, screw that old movie. Or an even better example, in the remake of Clash of the Titans, there's a part where <laughs> they find – <laughs> a mechanical owl called Bubo, who's from the original 1982 movie, which is awesome. And they go, who needs this trash? And they throw it away. And I was like, no, you're throwing away. That's But it was a great movie. But this is yeah. this is like that, even more. But well, the, none of us, no, 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 none of us were sitting. Like I said, none of us were waiting to see him in the sunglasses. But then when you show him putting on the leather jacket, and there are the sunglasses, it's like, oh, dunk. But then no dunk. Mrs. Bounces Literally off the zero rim, dunks. Goes off the rim into the other team's hoop, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. <sighs> uh, no, it, it is very much like the like your uh, Clash of the Titans example because, at least with like Jurassic World, that's that's about that's making fun of uh, the third movie. Yeah, a stupid thing. So the previous like, movie did. And so it's like if if this is what if this was some. If this movie made more fun of, like, the last three movies, that's one thing. Yeah. But it's, like, it's saying that it's not going to do the the cool thing that they did in the first two movies. Yeah. When you've clearly already shown that you're just, like, caked in fan service, quote-unquote. But if, if saying lines from the old things is fan service. Yeah. And so, I, I don't, yeah. Here, uh, here at Lorenzo Simple Jr., we take all of our cookies and cake them in fan service. That's right. All of your favorite quotes, and each one of your cookies comes with a little Mjolnir you get to put into it. I'm so happy that you remembered that as a reference. <laughs> I do not remember where this came from. I remember it. I also, I, I, hey guys, let's just do our, maybe that's our 200th episode. We just do a lot of fan service and just redo all our old bits. <laughs> Here come the sequels in game. <laughs> Jai. Jai. See, there you go. We'll talk about Taft and uh, Trinity. Definitely, it'll be a great show. Anyway, uh, but 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 talking about something that I, I liked that the movie did. You talked about Tim Muller and the overall kind of visuals of the movie. I think the action sequences are filmed pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. None of them are like super creative, but I think they're all shot interestingly. Namely, I thought it was really impressive. Really impressive. I thought it was impressive how at the beginning when Grace shows up and she's naked because all Terminators are naked. <laughs> um, 
sure. and there's a fight sequence, the ma- they manage to make that sequence, you know, smooth and effective while always shooting like above her chest or behind her back. Yeah. So that because I was like, okay, how how much are they going to be able to shoot? And there's a little like long distance like butt shots and stuff, but it's not. It wasn't gratuitous for one thing, but also it, it they managed to like, okay, you're still going to understand what everything's doing, but we're not going to like. I don't know. I, I thought that was was some, some nice little camera work. And then later on, when he was the fuller action thing was his like in the the factory, or with the helicopter and stuff. I thought those were all pretty well pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Did you both? Did either of you notice that the scene where she's fighting those cops at the very beginning? I'm pretty sure that entire thing was green screened. I'm not sure. Mm, I was not. Maybe. That was not the part of the screen I was looking at. Fair enough, but I maybe it's because she was naked, so uh, they were just wanted to shoot on a sound stage. Maybe that's why. Could be. Um, could be. Padding and stuff. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure, like the, the background looked off to me, and that's that's one thing I, I want to talk about. Um, there's still a lot I want to talk about. But, for this movie for some reason. Um, I'm not sure how I felt about a lot of the CG in this movie. Some of it's like really, really good, but I feel like there's just too much of it. Um, yeah, especially, um, Gabriel Luna jumping. Sure. Anytime he does that, it's a little weird. Um, there's just a lot of situations where I'm like, Oh, you probably could have done that practically. You should have done that practically. Um, I, I do appreciate the the opening scene where they do shoot John Connor and and they do their best to try and recreate Linda Hamilton and Edward Furlong mm-hmm. from the nineties and it those they look great in that I I think that's yeah. the best they've gotten in terms of of pushing that technology forward so far I think it still looks off but I think it's the best that yeah. it's been probably so yeah was that Linda Hamilton on set and they just de-aged her do we know they they sure. had a a stunt double that looked kind of like her. And okay. I believe they did did like a couple of passes where Linda Hamilton did it like kind of in her own motions, sure. and then they had the stunt double do it, uh-huh. and then they took hmm. footage from they kind of combined their movements together, and then they had um, old footage from Terminator Two, and they kind of did a uh, they they put Linda Hamilton's '90s okay. face on the stunt okay. double. Because no. I, I thought that all worked, and it also helped that they were on this like sun drenched beach. So you got like the glow of the sun was making them. So it's like yes. So not only like the, the where they might look a little too shiny or a little too neat, you could go yeah. Well, also the sun's shining on them. They've got this glow yeah. on it. So yeah, I thought that looked pretty good considering that like what I knew it was. Well, it's just interesting considering the Terminator movies. The last few have had to do some sort of de-aging technology. Like the yeah. first, like Terminator Salvation, mm-hmm. it ends with Christian Bale fighting an 80s Arnold. Um, right. And then they have mm-hmm. an 80s Arnold show up again in Genesis. Um, so like with each movie, it progresses. Like like if you go back and watch Salvation and then you watch the opening to this, it's like night and day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it feels like, since this movie wants to be so much of a return to form in, in terms of, oh, this is very much supposed to feel like the first two movies, I feel like we're using way too much CG. Um, yeah, I would agree. And I think and some, I, some of the action scenes, I think particularly everything with the airplane, I think a, it yes. goes a bit too off the rails for Terminator. Yeah, I would agree. 
and and that's sort of comparing it to the other ones like it is definitely closer i think than any of those to the feel of the first two mm. in terms of the fact that the action scenes are like oh he's this dude's got a bulldozer she's got a truck yeah, yeah. And they're trying to get away and like and yeah the, the airplane scene just goes over top but then like the ending is it's like okay they're in a dam they're in a, fighting in some turbines right. and they're just using like chains and yeah mackenzie davis spinning that chain around is awesome it's very mm-hmm. good it's very good um and and so like it's comparing it to like Terminator Three where there's this massive uh like he the dude's got like cranes on or is it a fire truck maybe or something where he's like smashing through a bunch of stuff because like there's a crane swinging wide yeah, or something, something like I don't that. remember it's a bad movie and um, then they're like and, in a particle accelerator thing or something yeah and they keep exploding st- well I was just th- talking specifically about that that like chase scene like they destroy a bunch of property and and I guess they do in this one too but like I don't know it just feels more like insane as opposed to just like oh he's got a bulldozer so he's running over stuff this, the Terminator 3 felt like oh we've got these huge explosions and oh my gosh what's happening it's all crazy bigger is better um, right or this is like oh they're derailing the cars by like blowing up the tires they gotta yeah. they gotta slow the cars down but you know it's it's less like insane and explosive and crazy um and so and or like the, flipping the bus in Terminator Genesis oh yeah um that whole chestnut um yeah it's i i think it's closer to the form of the first two in terms of like trying to keep it smaller scale but there is still a lot of over the topness going on do we want to talk about how this treats the, the terminator or mythology or lore or we can talk about linda hamilton or gabriel luna which which direction we take it's it's annoying to me that they have to make up yet another because, like, Terminator Genesis. Genesis is the the new Skynet, right? Uh, sure. That up? No, it's it's a Trojan horse for Skynet. So it's st- it is still it is Skynet. Still technically Skynet. Is it still Skynet in Terminator Three? Yes. Okay. Because it bothered me that they just made up a new Skynet in this. They're like, no, it's Legion. Oh, right. It's a different future. But then it it cuts to, like, Gabriel Luna when he splits apart. And I'm like, that's a Terminator robot. Yeah. Like, it's the exact same thing. And I, yeah. I remember in the future scenes with Young Grace, they refer to the flying things as HKs, which are hunter killers, which are is how they refer to them in the other Terminator movies. So it's not even like we're coming up with new terms or phrases for these things. It's literally just like the exact same thing happens. Yeah, exactly. But we have to come up with something else because theoretically we're uh, treating or uh, we're, we're keeping as canon the idea that they destroyed Skynet. It's like in walking dead where they go to a new community and they're like, Oh, so you're getting away from the shamblers. What? Yeah, we call them... <laughs> it, it really is, though. We call them the nibblers. Why? <laughs> this is the Big Zach Snacks meal. That's, that's, the, con- that's the confusing... We got a real Zenzation salad coming up on the... <laughs> that's, that's the confusing thing to me, though. And why I, I'm, I'm so baffled as, as to why they don't do future movies, because... All you can do is literally say, like, you're repeating yourself over and over again. It's like, oh, it's Skynet again, or it's Legion, but it's really Skynet. Like, I, I'm yeah. I'm sick of this dance that, that this franchise keeps doing, and it's it's just the most obnoxious thing. And, it would and to be just really... And to just so callously kill off John Connor at the beginning of the movie, and to yeah. then be like, oh, we're, we just got a replacement. Yeah. Um... 
It would be very uh, interesting if they uh, like uh, finds a way, Alex. Correct. It would be very interesting if they went for like, oh hey, we're doing uh, the the like three days after the the Terminators start rising, like the the scene in this movie where Grace is on the bridge or whatever, and she sees the airplane come crashing out, and everyone freaks out. Like it, that would be a neat time setting to me. Is like oh. Something else happened, and now, like, maybe they don't know that there's a John Connor. There's going to be a John Connor, so, like, John Connor's there, and he's played by, I don't know. What if it's John Connor, but he's, like, washed up? He's played by, like, Bring back Edward Furlong. There could be Edward Furlong. I was going to say, like, go even... Like Michael Shannon? (laughs) Michael (laughs) Shannon, yes. Please, that would be good. I was thinking like him or like a like a John Hamm or an, or a Nathan Fillion, like someone oh, who's not, like, not washed up, but like an like an older guy, grizzled, yeah, who's like yeah, grizzled. That's a good word for it. Um, and just like oh, now he's got a he's got to fight the the future, but he doesn't know what's going on, and he's past his prime, and it's like well, you know, like I thought we stopped Skynet. What's happening? Why is it still happening? Yeah, go off. And then like you get you don't just have to go full like oh, now it's a future war. Even though this franchise has been like obsessed with stopping the future war entirely, and you can kind of like explore more interesting things there, and I think that's probably one of the biggest problems with this movie is that it just doesn't explore anything interesting. Yeah, it's it's well, because ter- like I, I think that the biggest opportunity to explore something is with Sarah, and she's just kind of grizzled, generic, like tough as nails person. Yes. yes. And every line she says is supposed to be like, uh, I, aren't I so cool? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how much of it was the script just being really bad in terms of the dialogue and how much of it was Linda Hamilton. Her line delivery for a lot of it was weird. I think, I I think, think there's a lot of irony in her performance. <laughs> Could be. Um, like yeah, I, I, I also, it I, does feel like she came back for money. <laughs> maybe so, yeah. Like, all right, I, I get also, to fire I mean, some shotguns, and uh, I, all right, I get a couple million dollars. All right, fine. I will say, though, I do think she's pretty cool in this. Like, she looks awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good sort of and, and design I, in terms of, like, like her hair and everything. Yeah, but her also, hair and costume and everything. I really like that the movie doesn't shy away from, like, look, she's an old woman. <laughs> like, yeah. mm-hmm. we're not going to pretend that she's not an old woman. But also, we're not going to pretend that old women can't be this kind of character. Although, we're, which I we're really still liked. going with like super ridiculous action logic in terms of like yes. how how people can survive because like her shoulders dislocated and Mackenzie oh, Davis yeah, just yeah. puts it back in place, and then she's she immediately gets, fine. <laughs> she gets punched across the room a couple times. Sure, it's, sure. Yeah, it's not quite on uh, Fury Road level of Sorry. of of cool action elderly people. <laughs> but that said, it was and it was good to see her. Like I like Linda Hamilton, and I like seeing these three versions of her. But at the same time, I, I do feel the script is really weak, and I, maybe it's because her lines were so stupid that she never that always seemed like her lines were delivery was weird. Like if she had had cool things to say, it might have been easier for her to actually be as cool as the movie clearly wanted us to think she was. Yeah. But, ah, and it was kind of neat. Like all the, I I was scrolling through little snippets of reviews, and all of them talked about like it was great to see Schwarzenegger and Hamilton back together. And I was like, Schwarzenegger wasn't Hamilton. Who did he play? <laughs> <laughs> so what did I miss? 
He, no, the Schwarzenegger's Ben Franklin. I, and I he got that. cut. Oh, I want no. that in my life. It really bothered <gasps> me. Guys, guys, it's obvious. It's right there. I'll be back. Soon you'll see. You'll remember you belong to me. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> That's true. Alex, you That's need to listen true. to Hamilton. That's also true. That's You're point. in quarantine. You have no reason not to. It bothered me. <laughs> That Sarah's arc in this movie was learning to trust a Terminator again. And I was like, oh, you mean like Terminator 2? Yeah. Yeah. Even she's looking down a pit at a Terminator that's been burned and like destroyed. And she's like, oh, I feel bad. I'm like, this hat. This happened 20 years ago. We've been here before. Well, especially that it should be even harder for her to trust this one because this isn't. A Terminator that looks like the one that was chasing her. This is the Terminator she knows for a fact killed her son. Yeah. Yes. Which, yeah. I, I, I'll i just point out how stupid this is. Like, the the fact that with each movie, we have to come up with, with dumb reasons for why, oh, hey, I thought the timeline was changed. Why is there another Terminator? And this one's just like, well, Skynet just decided to send Terminators all over the place. So she just started hunting them down. And this random one just showed up on the beach one day. And then once it realized that Judgment Day wasn't coming, it was just like, eh, whatever, I'll just live with a nice family. Even though they, and it's like when it. I thought that so, was so So the dumb. Terminators, the Terminators are still appearing. All right. So they're still showing up. Yeah. But like, Skynet is destroyed. So theoretically. If we're going, if we're really trying to like wrangle out this paradox here, shouldn't it be that the Terminators that were sent back before Skynet was destroyed are still there because they're in the current timeline, but then the other ones hadn't yet reached the current timeline, so therefore there's no way they could exist. I'll do you one better. Somehow Arnold knows the coordinates for where Grace and the Rev-9 are showing up, even though they are from the new timeline. How does he know that? How is he able to text that information to Sarah Connor? (laughs) How is he able to text? He's an old man. <laughs> Wait, buttons how are do too I... small. <laughs> I think I just I say that, took a Ar- picture. <laughs> Arnold's a, Arnold's Twitter game is pretty good, so you know what? Fair enough. Um, the I I will say I appreciate. Was did they do old man Arnold in the last one, yes. or was that still? Yes, okay. I couldn't remember. He didn't have a beard. I don't think they're all the same. They're all the same. Oh, um, I love old but man I th- Arnold. Love it. I appreciate that they at least did not try to... I feel like it would have been very tempting, and probably at some point during the creative process was tempting for them to be like, let's just DH it the whole time. And yeah. It's like, we can have another new Terminator, and we can show off all our new technology that looks fine, it, like the Irishman. I was going to say, they'll call it the Austrian man. And, yeah, so I appreciate it's It's nice now that he I'm just old, imagining nice they... old man Arnold as a Terminator sitting in an old folks' home recounting his days as a Terminator. <laughs> Okay, we gotta have this movie now. And then, and, then, and 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 Linda Hamilton's like, "When you from? What you? What timeline are you from?" <laughs> I heard, and honestly, when he says, "I do drapes," that's what I got in my head. I, was, I heard you do drapes. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. When and, he's and Al Pacino, and, but it's still Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa. When he explains choosing drapes. For for like a child's bedroom, that was, that was like, funny. it was genuinely delightful. No, that was funny. Yeah, Arnold has become a better actor as he's gotten older. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's gotten funnier, and he's just he's just a better actor. He's still not amazing, but like he's he's better. Um, 
Yeah, I, in our group chat, I referred to him as he looks like a human cannon you would put at a Civil War memorial. And I mean that as in the highest of compliments. Like, I mean that as a very good thing. He's awesome. Have you guys seen the video of him hanging out with his pet donkey talking about how we all need to stay indoors? (laughs) Have you seen this, Alex? Nope. It's so great. It's just him, like, with a big, like, donkey. And I think it's like a dog or a pony or something because I can't tell the difference. And he's like, "Uh, stay indoors, uh, six feet of distance if you go, oh, look at you. He's just, like, petting this big donkey. It's so sweet. Oh, boy. Yeah. How did we feel about the Rev-9 versus the other previous enemy Terminators? I think he's more memorable than the last three villains. One of which was John Connor. (laughs) Sure. The the Terminatrix? Yeah. Did I make that up? No, 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 you're right. Kristana Loken. Um, and whoever, so the last time was John Connor, and then the time before that was... No, I thought last time was Ar- Byung-Hun Lee. Byung-Hun Lee is in, like, the opening act, and then Jason Clark as John Connor reveals himself oh, to be the Oh, that's right. Okay. Good. Salvation, I guess Arnold Terminator is technically the bad guy, because Sam Worthington and Christian Bale are both dual protagonists. So... Yeah, that one's a little strange. So Robert Patrick, cool. Um, yeah, is, yeah, is the best. I mean, the best is Arnold, but like, I did appreciate how with this one they tried to give Gabriel Luna's character personality. Like, he he feels even more so than than um, Robert Patrick's version. Um, he feels like an infiltrator unit. Like he's actually trying to be friendly, I, and he's not just saying. I actually like, really still enjoy to, that. like. Oh, have you seen your son lately? Like, he's actually got, like, a little personality and a little bit of charisma, and that made him creepier to me. Yeah, he's Ghost Rider, dude. I, That's I almost said he... Yeah, I almost said him as my uh, as my best thing. Um, even I, I think that his... A lot of the kind of, like, actual villain and, and, and him being a big robot and being threatening is just sort of like, all right, he's doing exactly what he has to do and not much yeah. more. Yeah. Um, but I think that a lot of his stuff, like the scene where he's he's going through the metal detector and he's like, hey, uh, expect a big beat. My whole body's a weapon. And then he goes through and he's like, oh, yeah, I got a hit from Afghanistan. And, you know, that's like there's there's a lot of really interesting, neat stuff where it's either him or it's him changing into somebody to, to sneak in around and yeah. Like get you know like there, there's a lot of neat things that he does uh, that I actually quite like. Uh, probably the most interesting parts of the movie are when he's sneaking in somewhere. Yeah, I would argue. I, I was talking about infiltrating. I did have a laugh out loud moment when Mackenzie Davis is walking into the factory and she's she's in like uh, uh, she like like disguised as a worker, but she's got this big jacket over one side of her arm where she's holding like a shotgun or something underneath it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the shotgun barrel is clearly you can so clearly see it. It's like an extra foot coat. and a half sticking exactly. out. Exactly, and it's and she's like, uh, uh, nothing, just wearing my coat the way people wear coats, only on one shoulder. Do you remember when like Kyle sh- Reese so sawed off the the back of the shotgun in the first movie because he realized that it would look dumb if mm-hmm. he was just carrying the whole thing around? Uh. And I was like, it's okay, McKenzie, because you're about to do my favorite thing in the movie, smack a guy in the face with a sledgehammer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you put the sledgehammer above the chains. I do put the sledgehammer above the chains. I wanted an, uh, an all-star team-up, Crisis on Timeline <laughs> X, when she 
puts the sledgehammer on the chain and then is swinging okay. it around. Okay. Because the sledgehammer, she hits a guy in the face with a sledgehammer. I don't know if I've made this clear. And then she hits him <laughs> multiple times with the sledgehammer again. It's very mm-hmm. good. Uh, then the guy's face absorbs the sledgehammer, which is kind of yeah. Um, they did but some yeah, good later, stuff with like all that fudgy goop he was made out of. Like, there's some cool stuff yeah. with that. I, I really like the shot of him. He, she, Mackenzie Davis is like throwing spikes through him, stabbing him into the the truck, right? The bulldozer, right. I guess. And and he um, spreads out over like one of the pipes to and like turns into his new Terminator, grabs the pipes or whatever. Like, it's a there's some there's some cool bits in this there. This movie is yeah. violent. Um, just, it just is. the bit it where is. he's taking out all the ice officers mm. was. Mm. How did you cool. guys feel about that uh, side that that sequence? I guess because that was really strange to me because it doesn't feel like it has much to say about like having that as a set piece. Sure. But that's a very obviously ice and everything and the entertainment camps like that's. I was okay with it. I, I actually liked how it was just like this is what it looks like. Um, yeah, I, I liked how just kind of like objective it was in terms of showing it and just using it as a set yeah. piece, as opposed to trying to it, make it overly political, either one way or the other. It doesn't. I will say that it it does. Yeah, it doesn't try to. Yeah, be like, oh, this is actually isn't that bad, or it doesn't try to be like. I don't know, but it's still just weird to me because it feels like when you do that, you're it's it's hard not to be like, okay, so are they going to like say something? And they do. They have the employees like trying to kind of like pass responsibility off and be like, oh no no, it's it's not yeah. our fault, you know. And and they free the all the detainees, and they do free the detainees, although some of them I think get and, killed. I mean, they, they do right, have right. certain bits like when she's interrogating that lady and, and she's like, where are the prisoners kept? And she's like, well, we call them detainees. Yes. So mm-hmm. there's there's mm-hmm. a little bit there, but. I, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe I, you're right. I appreciated that it didn't go overboard with that because, no. particularly with James Cameron involved, it could have very easily gone overboard with that. Well, I wonder if they sure. kind of backed into it. If they were like, okay, we've set this up. Well, they're in Mexico. Well, how do we get them to this? Well, you know, if we're going to have them get into America at some point, they have to cross the border. Well, what would that involve? It is like, our I second if they... movie in a row where, where our heroes are crossing the border. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> With an underground tunnel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no Genesis songs in this one. No Phil Collins. Kind of a downer. Correct. Were there Genesis songs in the last No, one? but we talked about it a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and really, like, if you talk about it enough, it becomes a reality, Tyler. I mean, we... I think we the secreted Mackenzie Davis into a Terminator movie. Yeah. And Alex, I know you were always talking about how you couldn't wait to see Rosario Dawson play Ahsoka in The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> Which is, by the way, awesome. <laughs> Pretty cool. If it's true. Anyways. I think it's true. I'm, I'm, yeah, dude. I'm going to have to step away for a moment. There are crickets. There's a window open because it's a nice day. Aww. Dang it. Oh my god. Yes, that's right. I don't know if you can uh, hear me, but it bothers me. Buddy Holly's band, the Crickets, have infiltrated <laughs> Tyler's home. And it looks like they Oh, oh, they're handing him a guitar. Oh no, they Oh boy, it looks like they're trying to convince him to join the band and go on tour. Uh this might be the end of our little trio. Did they just pass to... him Arnold Schwarzenegger sunglasses? I well no, Alex, these are clearly Buddy Holly glasses. Uh oh that would god. be anachronistic. Um <laughs> 
Although I guess you know what you could probably he could have like a flip a flip shade situation and oh thank heavens he's back he rejected the limelight and the floodlights of the stage to stay doing podcasts on the ground with his friends good to know so where were we you made the wrong decision but I'm happy for it buddy <laughs> Tyler also is telling everybody about how Buddy Holly's band the Crickets uh, had come to try to recruit you for their their band but you turned him down <laughs> to stay with us still and, uh, still going strong after all these years oh. Absolutely, they are. They, uh, Which I didn't know they, is, with they the... made it off that plane. <laughs> Were they on the plane? I can't I don't know. Um, Tor- torn with uh, Genesis? <laughs> yup. Whoa, what a get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Alex, what else did you want to talk to about this big movie? You said you had a lot. Um, I think it really just comes down to this movie has no emotional heart. And... If you're going to do this this dumb, we're just going to do time travel, soft reboot, repeating stuff, you know, again, they really should have leaned into the, the Sarah Connor stuff. And like you said, Tyler, doing something with John Connor aside from just killing him um, and really kind of exploring, you know, here's what it's like for them after they save the world. Uh, yeah. Instead of just having her, oh, she's like an older version of herself from T2 because everyone liked T2, so we're not going to change. <laughs> Like that's that's even how I feel about Arnold because it's just like oh people like the version from T two where he was friendly so we're just going to do that again all right how do we do that yeah um I, and I do think a good bit of it came from oh we got Lim- Linda Hamilton back let's let's work her into the movie or something it didn't yeah. feel right yeah I don't know it's just no movie but what we make for ourselves it's just very weird mm, that's not true actually this movie was uh, not created by fans that's that's uh, true. It's a big studio release. We're not a, we're not able to get that kind of funding. I just find it really strange that this is the movie that comes after Genesis. Like this is what they decided to make when when James Cameron got the rights to do Terminator again. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing that baffles me the most. I'm it's really fascinating. Because I will. I I don't know if we'll get to do, get around to it this year. I, I know we have. Actually, we definitely won't get around to it this year. What am I saying? Um, but at some point, we w- we have tossed around the possibility of trying to tackle the the Halloween franchise in various ways. Sure. Um, and it's I, I just want to quickly compare. It's really fascinating to compare this to the Halloween reboot from twenty eighteen. Yes. Um, because that is very much like okay, now uh, John Carpenter and and um, Jamie Lee Curtis, they're like back in full force, like ready to like make a a reboot and really you know restore respectability. And well, I I think. We both had some problems with it, um, and, and like I said, maybe eventually we'll get around to this. It was a movie that, like, I would say made me excited about the ties to the previous one, and, like, yeah. felt like a, oh, this is what a reboot should look like. Yeah. Soft <laughs> uh, If you're doing a soft reboot, yeah. Yeah. This, um, I, okay, I'll, I'll give you my read on this. It feels like David Goyer, James Cameron, Tim Miller, it feels like they all watched Force Awakens. Okay, and then they walk out of that movie going, you know what the best part of that movie was? The fact that it repeated several plot beats from A New Hope, and that was their only takeaway. That is an interesting, like, to look at, obviously, franchises are constantly getting rebooted, but we we should at some point take a look at, like, all these reboots and, like... figure out what the power rankings are of all these attempts at making like, Oh, this is now we're really starting the franchise over again. 
because there have been quite a few in the past few years, and very few have been successful. First class is at the very top. Uh, Force Awakens is like mid-tier. Jurassic World's maybe slightly below that, and then everything else is just at the bottom. <laughs> That's all I got, gentlemen. And Dracula Untold is sure. up there. <laughs> it's on the it's list. On the list. Yeah. Le, Le Mummy. <laughs> On the list. <laughs> oh, that's above first class. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> green book. Um, <laughs> that was trying to restart the franchise of Oscar-winning movies from 1993. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was I good. I should say four because 93 was Chandler's list and that movie's great. So I shouldn't say. I, I, I take it back. I say four. Four. 94. Or five. I was going to say I thought it was the sequel to Inkheart. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a joke. Some people will probably get. My daddy had an amazing ability. Every time he read a book, racism came back to life. <laughs> no, every time he read a book, he cured racism. Didn't you watch the movie? Print? <laughs> of course, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, good, good call. Uh, I don't. I don't want to keep complaining about the movie. I think I've I've been very clear about the stuff I don't like. So. We could probably... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. You want to go ahead and do our rankings for this one? Yeah, sure. Are we doing power rankings for the the, the whole thing? Uh, we can if you want. Yeah, we should. Okay. And specifically when you say the whole thing, it's really, it's really the, the, the four attempts at making Terminator 3 yeah. that we're going to be power ranking here because... Okay, I okay. don't think any of us oh, have oh, come oh. close to putting in any of them above I, uh, Terminator 1 I got to keep this in my mind because there's so many attempts at doing a Terminator 3. There's, there's yes. the actual Terminator 3. We're not including yes. Salvation because that's technically Terminator 4. Genesis. Is, that suppo- is Salvation supposed to follow up on Terminator 3 yeah. in terms of? Okay. Okay. Uh, so so back on board. Genesis wants to do a reboot, so that's a Terminator 3. Dark Fate is a Terminator 3. The Sarah Connor Chronicles show yes. is a Terminator 3. And Terminator 2, 3D, The Ride, whatever it's called, is a Terminator 3. So, <laughs> take that as you will. I want to I redo my, my theme song. It should be, go, go, power rankings. Take it away. <laughs> um, let's see, what did I give Genesis? I gave Genesis a D. I will give this a D. I think this has, yeah. This I, I enjoyed this about as much as I did Genesis. Um, I think I am going to give this a C, flat C, and I'm also going to retroactively change Terminator Salvation to a C. You gave it a C. Oh, I gave it a C. I thought you. I thought it was a C plus. I thought we had. Okay, in that case, never mind. I changed nothing. I've never been wrong. Um, because I would say these are closer, the closest in terms of like fighting for me to enjoy one of these four movies the most. Um, yeah. Britain? Uh, I'll give it a C. Okay. Flat C. I, I did find it amusing. I was watching Dark Fate with my roommate um, yesterday. And, and his his first reaction was, "Wait, doesn't this have the lady from Game of Thrones in it?" <laughs> and, and I was like, "No, no, no, that was Genesis. That came out like five years ago." And he was like, "These aren't. The, the, wait, I thought these were the same movie." <laughs> yeah, and that's that's basically my my review of of Terminator Dark Vader. 
Okay, but now I really, really want a Terminator movie that is a combination of all of them. So you've got Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger back, of course. You've got Edward Furlong back. And then you've got Jason Clark, and you've got Christian Bale, and you've got Sam Worthington, and you've got Mackenzie Davis and Amelia Clark. And you're just... Crisis on Infinite uh, Sentiments. Uh, Jai Courtney, of course, is there. You just... Matt Matt Smith is actually the villain this time. Mm-hmm. Like, you just... Then everyone... and Michael Bean and Lena Headey rolls up. <laughs> we, we, we bring back um, a, a CGI version of Anton Yelchin because we have no respect for the dead. Um, Correct. <laughs> yeah, I would I would describe Dark Fate as it is very much the movie equivalent of a Terminator. It is a hollow thing, unable to fully simulate human dim- dimension. Um, that is pretty cool, but is easily outdone by other cooler robots. Yeah. Doesn't that the movie end with Sarah and and Danny driving off in a jeep, just like the end yep. of the first Terminator? And then Danny says, kid, it's all true. Skynet, the Terminators, all of it. Yeah, I'm happy with my, my, my grade on this. <laughs> I remember being all right, so well, I are... remember being a lot nicer to it the first time. Um, and uh, rewatching it, I was not a fan. Um, sure. They... So what are, what are our grades? What, how does that shake up? Let's right. get, well, give us the full power we're, rankings. We're going we're gonna to start with Britain's grades here. Uh, so, so go go Britain rankings. So, so top to bottom here, we are going to Terminator Two was an A plus. Yeah, the Terminator was an A minus. Interesting, but sure. All right, you gave both Genesis and Dark Fate C's, so you're consistent yeah. there. And then Salvation, you gave a C minus. Interesting. And three, you gave a D plus. Sure. A movie you cannot remember, and it's probably I don't better remember. that factually, way. You're probably better off as a human it, being for that. A factually incorrect grade, <laughs> I would say. Okay, well then that segues into Tyler's. What did Tyler factually <laughs> correctly rate oh these movies? Oh my god, so Tyler gave... Oh no, 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 not these movies, just Terminator 3. Yes, oh, okay. Yes. Uh, so Tyler gave The Terminator an A-, minus. top one. Terminator 2 a B plus. Oh, wow. Salvation and Dark Fate, you both gave C's. Um, Genesis, you gave a C minus, and three, you gave an F. <laughs> okay. I think my grades are going to be very similar. I mean, we're all very similar, but you know what I mean. Um, the Terminator, I gave an A plus. Terminator two, A minus. Let's see what we got. Uh, then. Salvation is C minus, so very steep decline. Um, Genesis and Dark Fate, I both gave D's, and then Terminator three and F. Woo! So, so technically, if you plotted mine out on a the last four uh, on a graph from my grades for them, uh, you would have an upwards trend line. I'm just saying. Yeah, same. <laughs> it would go F C minus C C minus C, which. Terminator 3 doing a lot of work there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I do think this is a franchise that similarly, si- or excuse me, similar to franchises like Jaws or RoboCop, you can very easily watch the first two and then just drop it. Yep. You know, you can just, and, and it says, because those, those first two movies are huge. I mean, obviously they're iconic, but they're brilliant pieces of science fiction and of action movie making like right. and and is like time capsules of 80s and early 90s 
movie making and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're great. And then it's so easy to go, you know what? I like those. Like The, the four lesser movies don't hurt the quality of those first two. Well, it, it really uh, helps <clears throat> that those were made at a time where movies, for the most part, were standalone. You were never yep. guaranteed or seemingly guaranteed because all this stuff financially fails and then they have to restart. But at a time where especially like the studio mindset was like make standalone movies – some of these mm-hmm. might get sequels, but don't think about that. And then yeah. Terminator 2 definitively ends the story. So all of these sequels then have to come up with hackneyed ways to be like, oh, wait, there's yep. more story? We promise. Yeah. And they're all trying to capitalize on our love of those first two movies because people continue to love those first two movies because yep. they're great. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the upside is as eh, as these other movies are. It hasn't stopped me from loving those first two, which is nice. You know what's strange? I think, and this could... Antelope. Correct. And this could just be because I watched it, I literally watched it yesterday. I think I'd rather, if I had to force myself to rewatch one of the sequels, I think I would take Genesis over Dark Fate. You give yourself this uh, this query a lot. Oh, weird. And I think it's not... I, I think it's not helpful for your overall mental oh, health. Oh, definitely not. I do, I do feel like which, it's, it's... Which one of these five like horrible movies that I've just watched would I just have to watch again? I mean, it is kind of your like a mental cat of nine tails that you're like kneeling before a DVD, a DVD player just like whipping yourself with. <laughs> I mean, I would take Salvation over all of the, the lesser sequels. So that's sure. that. Yeah. Well, if you didn't have to do any of that, if you didn't have to choose a terrible movie... Or a movie you didn't like to watch, you could turn to do 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 do. I don't like that stinger. Uh, my recommendation segment. <laughs> hey, they can't um, all be winners. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so I'm. What about gonna... like a? What about something that's a little more like a, like bluesy maybe or jazzy? Okay. Like a... And so now we're gonna go to. Well, since my movie left me. Okay, that's that's not exactly. I guess what I've gotta find something to watch. So I'm going to listen to Britain on the podcast talk about movies. Um, I'm going to reach – I've had this one in the tank for a little while, and I was actually going to recommend it during the Tokyo Drift episode. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't because of Max von Sydow. So I'm going to recommend a Japanese movie called Like Father, Like Son. Uh, this is made – written, directed, and I believe edited by Hirokazu Koreeda, one of my favorite directors ever. And it is the story of a very affluent uh, couple who learned that their son was switched at birth. And it is about them meeting the family who has their biological son and making the decision about will they trade or, you know, will will they each raise their biological children or what are they going to do? And it's a movie that while it both hits all of what you would consider the tropes of a story like that, one family's rich, the other family's poor. We have different parenting styles. What what does it mean to be a father? It does it with such richness and such substance that it never feels hackneyed or tropey. And it is so quiet and so beautiful. Corrida is such an expert at filming people just living their lives. And it's just such a beautiful examination of what does it mean to, to be a, a parent to a child and they really hit let they hit way more on on the parents parenting approaches not so much their wealth but rather you know how they respond to these children and it's 
just such a beautiful it was the movie that introduced me to Corey Da. It's not my favorite of his movies, but I I love it. And uh you've got uh Yukai or Lily Frankie, who's one of his um like go to actors. It also features an actress named Yoko Maki who was in Tokyo Drift briefly. <laughs> she was the woman who leaves um Lucas Black's dad's apartment when he first shows up and you're supposed to be like, mm-hmm. He had a girl over? Um <laughs> that was her. And she's good in the, in like Father Like Son. Uh, but it's just a really lovely movie that is not as it, it's it's not heavy, but it is moving. It's it's just a really it's not depressing. It's beautifully shot. All the performances are great, and you've also got a lot of very small Japanese children who are like disgustingly adorable. They are so cute <laughs> and so funny, and it's just a really lovely movie that uh, I. You know, last week I recommended 47 Meters Down Uncaged, so we're going to just jettison over to the other end of the spectrum with Like Father, yeah. Like Son. Back to you guys. So what are well, we doing? all right. Need to, need to stop throwing. Uh, yeah, are we going back to Fast and Furious next week, guys? Yeah, I think so. Um, we At some point in the future, we'll have to tackle uh, Rise of Skywalker and mm-hmm. Birds of Prey. Um, those are our two on the docket. Um, we obviously will not have many more catch-up movies to deal with in the the near future. Um, yeah. So I don't know uh, where we'll go from there. Yeah, no, and Birds of Prey oh, oh. is one. Alex has a thought. Rise of Skywalker comes out on Blu-ray on March 31st, and apparently that's the day when it becomes available to rent. So theoretically, we could do it next week if we wanted to. Is it available to rent? Okay. That's I also would like to I'm going to have to explore how much it costs <laughs> before I cuz this movie costs $6 for me to rent and I can't just throw that around. Right. <laughs> we're in a we're in I a mean ter- you you can you can throw it around for Terminator Dark Fate. Uh but Rise of Skywalker mm, I don't sure. know. fair point. Um, I mean this movie <laughs> have Lin- or Mackenzie Davis with both a sledgehammer and a chain. So Mm-hmm. It's true. It's and true. also a pair of guns called her arms. I mean, um, I didn't, I didn't like the movie very much, but that logic I perfectly understand. That logic is sound. Well, <laughs> may, maybe let's plan on doing Fast Five next week. Yeah, so that if, we can I kind think of... I would prefer to go ahead and knock out the. Uh, can I, I'm I'm ready to get back on the train of oh hey this is the thing I like, um, and therefore uh, would prefer to do the Fast and Furious movies over the uh, the latest Star Wars entry. And that'll also give me time to explore what my options are vis-a-vis renting it and everything because sure. you know one one we're the pandemic is not a good thing, but a lot of some movies are becoming more available as a result of that, so we might yep. actually be able to pick up these movies like Birds of Prey and whatnot fairly soon, and like Wonder yep. Park yep. and. Um, Dr. Doolittle, stuff like that. Um. <laughs> you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. And we're also on iTunes and Spotify. Give us a search. Next week, we're reviewing Bloodshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, we're, it's the next canonical Fast and Furious intro. Yeah. Doing that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're doing the machete order, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Cool. Well, we hope you guys are all staying safe and sane out there in this in this you know ever <laughs> tumultuous time. Um, you know, I, I would recommend not playing the video game. Everybody's gone to the rapture. 
It's beautiful, sure. but they talk a lot about a flu pandemic in it, so maybe don't. Maybe not right now. Oh, sure. Yeah. Played that last night, got a little too real. Um, great game. Otherwise, we hope you guys are doing doing all right out there, and we'll be back at you next week. And until then, I've been Britain. I've been Alex. I've been Tyler. And you're having a good and healthy night. Stop making Terminator movies! <laughs>